0: Good morning. Uh, do you believe in miracles? Uh, amen. All right. Uh, speaking of amens, uh, yesterday we had a uh, birthday party for Kinsey. Kinsey turned seven this past week. And uh, so my tradition at the birthday party is always to give a little speech of, um, you know, what we learned about our, our son or our daughter this past year and and uh, use it as an opportunity to build them up and to share uh, about God's love. I'm partway through the birthday speech, and Dawson gives me an amen. I was like, oh, wow, even my getting amens in the birthday speech now. That was, that, uh, that was fun. Um, uh, but anyway, do you believe in miracles? Amen. Uh, next week, uh, we have a special Sunday, Friends and Family Sunday, and uh, we have these flyers printed up that have that question. There's some with, uh, uh, with Shizuka on it as well because Shizuka and Paul will be sharing a testimony of a miracle that God did in uh, Shizuka and uh, how... God just answered prayers, and it was wonderful. And in fact, I, uh, I share this. we we printed off flyers because we want you to be able to invite a family member or a friend or, or a neighbor or someone to come and to hear the testimony. And it's going to be a great day, and we'll have lunch out on the lawn afterwards. And so I hope that we have uh, people here that uh, don't believe in miracles right now. That don't believe in the God of miracles, and uh, that would come and to hear uh, about God's love, and consider, uh, uh, you know, th- and consider this this story and see if they would want to receive God into their lives. Um, but I but I bring this uh, question up to us again because I think what we're going to talk about today and next week and in the weeks following uh, are uh, are some important things related to our faith and some important things as we consider in this new sermon series that we're calling The God of Miracles. And so I really believe that God is going to speak to us in powerful ways. Last night we had a water pipe that busted in our home and it was one of those Come on, not at this hour. In fact, the guy that, my neighbor that came over and uh, was helping me fix it, because he's way better at that stuff than I am, uh, he he said, aren't you preaching tomorrow? He's a believer. Uh, and he, and I, he, kept, he, he kept asking me, aren't you preaching tomorrow? I was like, yes, I'm preaching. He's like, we got to get this wrapped up so you can go to bed and get a good night's rest. And I was thinking, amen to that. Uh, uh, but uh, as we were working on this stuff, uh, we just kept having this thought you know I'm not one to look for the devil behind every activity but I really do believe that as we talk about these things today and next week I would be surprised if there's not spiritual warfare because I really believe that what we're talking about is being confronted with when we talk about the God of miracles and God working a miracle, we're confronted with the existence of God. There's no miracles if God doesn't exist. We're confronted with the power of God. We're confronted with the idea that uh, that God is at work in this world around us in real and spectacular ways. We're confronted with the fact that God cares about us enough that He would want to intervene into our lives you see these are all foundational truths to uh to our faith and to and to life with god that satan would i'd be surprised if satan wouldn't want to put roadblocks in our way that for that because that's a powerful message and so before we go any farther today i thought we would just take a minute and uh pray for today and for next week, and uh, for this entire sermon series. In fact, I'm going to do a little something out of the ordinary. I'm going to invite us to, I'm going to invite a couple of you to come forward, and I haven't prearranged this, so somebody's going to have to, two people are going to have to step outside their comfort zones and say, I'm going to come and pray for us right now. I'm going to ask two people to uh, come and pray for today, and then I want to pray as well. This is really just kind of a follow-up of last week's, where two or three come together, in Jesus' name, Jesus is there with us. We're given the ministry of binding and loosing, right? We're going to pray right now that Satan would be bound and that the Holy Spirit would be loosed. And uh, so uh, can I have two of you come forward and uh, pray for us? And then I want to pray as well. So who wants to come forward? I'm, pu- I'm going to put us on the spot. Who's going to come forward and uh, pray for us right now? Gene, thank you. And uh, one other person, would you uh, please, and Bob, thank you. Let's, uh, let's take a minute and just pray for the binding of, you can stand down there if that's more comfortable for you, Jean. Let's pray. Our Father, we just want
1: to thank you that uh, you watch over each one of us. We're mindful, our Father, that you do miracles in our lives. And we pray, Father, that We know that as we begin to, or as we always uh, do your work and want to give you the glory, that the evil one is always lurking. And so we pray, our Father, that you would bind him, that you would protect your people, and our Father, that uh, we might all be able to uh, just give you all the glory and the praise because that is what you deserve. So, Father, I just want to um, commit the next few weeks, especially tomorrow, our Father, as, um, next week, as uh, Shizuka and Paul share, we pray that you might protect them, uh, bind them from the evil one. We pray in Christ's name, amen.
2: Lord God, You have given us the greatest gift that we can ever receive, and that's of the salvation, Lord, and the future and hope and knowledge that will be with you forever, Lord. But that doesn't mean it's easy now, Father. We know, Lord, the evil one is out there, and he's still around, still alive, and still active, Lord. And as as we here gather in your church, Lord, to do your will, yes, there will be times of troubles, there will be uh, confrontation, there will be... Barriers put up, Lord, but you are greater than all, and you can overcome all. That's what we pray, Father. Give us the the tools, the power, the spirit, Lord, to overcome any confrontation and anything that's trying to block this. So what's coming up, Lord, is going to be a great story. And I pray, Father, for many to come and hear this, Lord. And Father, do not allow anything to stop this. And we ask in your name we pray. Amen.
0: And Father God, I just also pray that you would bind the evil one and uh, that you would loose your spirit. And God, that the floodgates of heaven would be opened and that you would come and you would just flood this place with your love and your mercy and your grace. Uh, God, as we talk about miracles, we're really talking about the God of miracles. We're seeking for you to be glorified. Because God, you are a God of power and of love. And uh, God, we just come before you and we pray that as we open up your word today and as we hear the testimony next week and we present the gospel and as we look at your scripture around your power and your care and your love over the course of the next couple months, that as we talk about the God of miracles, that it would be powerful in our lives, that you would strengthen us to live for you, that you would draw people to yourself. We pray for salvations, and we pray for a harvest, God, that there would be people that as they think about uh, you and your existence and your power, uh, that they would choose to give their lives to you. God, I pray that you would give us the opportunity to invite someone this week, and that they would even though it may even seem like a long shot in our minds that you might even do something great by your power and that you would motivate them to come and to hear this story and uh, and that you would work in their hearts. God, we thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that we can gather this morning and we can worship you. And God, I pray now that you would come and be our teacher and we lift this up to you in Jesus' name, amen okay thank you okay so this morning as we said we're starting a new series the god of miracles and when we think of miracles sometimes we talk about miracles kind of jokingly like i like to joke with dd say the bruins won it's a miracle now they didn't win last night so uh this is this is uh, how life normally works right think of a miracle as divine intervention last night it was see we joke around like that right it's a miracle i passed the test it's a miracle i found a parking spot at at costco it's a miracle that so-and-so that's always late showed up at time it's a john john says it's a miracle that i stand up here and give the announcements and uh and there are things that uh that Are miraculous but sometimes and i'm not saying even anything's wrong with this because i think god's got a sense of humor sometimes we joke around but when we really think about what is a miracle we're not using it in this series in this in this way we're not using it flippantly we're actually talking about something in which god comes in and does something that we can't just uh credit to dumb luck, or to hard work, or whatever, hard work behind the scenes, or whatever we would uh, like to talk about. Sometimes we even talk about a miracle, uh, uh, a medical miracle. And, uh, and we use that term, but really what we're saying is that some people in a lab discovered a, 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 a medicine that, my point is that there are many ways to, to try to write off Supernatural. And when we talk about miracles, what we are saying is that it's not it, that there is no other explanation but that God did it. Miracles cannot be easily explained or understood, and so they are, in a sense, a complicated and important subject. And so, for the next couple months, uh, we're going to consider what is a miracle and really ultimately is the god of miracles and so today is kind of the foundational sermon next week we'll have the testimony and uh and and uh (coughs) excuse me (coughs) and we'll talk about um just uh the that miracle but today we're going to lay the foundation by asking a a few very simple questions one is what is a miracle we're going to define it two what are the purposes of a miracle and three should we expect miracles today Now, to answer those three questions, we're going to look at Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4 will give us answers to those three questions. And these verses read as follows. We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away For since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation of disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard it. God also testified to it. Here's the key verse, verse 4. God also testified to his salvation by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So, the first question, what is a miracle, is really answered there in verse 4, where it says, where it uh, uses the word miracles, but it, uh, it, when it says various miracles, it's that, uh, those two words are really put in parallel with signs and wonders. Those three words are used interchangeably throughout the New Testament. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And so even just by unpacking those three words, we can, uh, we can begin to arrive at a definition. What is a miracle? Well, first thing we might say is, it is a sign. A sign points to something else, points to a direction, right? And miracles are like that in that they point to who God is. It points to his activity in the world and to his power. Now, when you think of signs that you see when you're driving down the road, they help you know where you, uh, how to get to where you're trying to go, right? I don't know if you've ever been on a leisurely drive. Chances are you don't take leisurely drives anymore because Gas is way too expensive, right? (laughs) We don't just go driving without actually going somewhere. But if you know where you're going, then you're going to look for signs. You're looking for take this off ramp to this road because and you're trying to get to this city and all of these signs point you to where you're trying to go. Well, in the same way, all of us, if we care about our life, if we're trying to get somewhere, we're going to want some signs along the way. And miracles serve like that because they serve us well along those lines because they point to where is the good life found. See, if we're really looking for uh, relationships of power and of love, and things that are going to bless us and give us peace, which I really think deep down inside all of us are. Miracles point us to where we're going to find those things. They point us to the God who has love and power. And so uh, miracles are, one, a sign. It says they are also a wonder. A wonder causes people to be amazed or astonished, right? And when you hear about a miracle, when you see a miracle, experience a miracle obviously there is a sense of wonder, uh, amazement, astonishment about what has happened because it's outside the norm. And then the final word here, the word that we actually translate miracle, comes from a Greek word, dynamis, from which we obviously get our English word dynamite, which means power. When we speak of dynamite, obviously it's stuff that blows stuff up. It has Power. A miracle is uh, is something that comes with, that is done by great power. It's done with no human or earthly explanation. It's a powerful act of God. So, taking those three words and the and the summary that I've just given you, let me present this as a definition of a miracle. A miracle is a less common kind of God's powerful activity in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. Now, I say a less common kind of God's activity because uh, God is always active. He's active even in the little small things in life. And what we're saying here is a miracle is that kind of less common. It's something out of the ordinary. I'm not going to call it divine uh, intervention as if God's not intervening in other situations but it's a less common type of God's uh, divine intervention. It's a, and it's a powerful activity. And it's that wonder. It arises our wonder, and it's, it's a sign. It bears witness to who God is. That is what we're talking about when we talk about miracles. When I was a kid, I wanted a horse so bad. Like when I was 10, 11 years old, I wanted a horse. Like more than anything, the type of uh, desire that I ask my dad every day, can I get a horse? Now we lived on a farm, so it was possible we could get a horse. And uh, so my dad decided, he, knowing how much, how much work they are and not sure if I would keep up the responsibility, he went to my, a, a neighbor's house who had a horse. And said, can I borrow your horse for a week? My son really wants a horse. I want to see if he's going to take care of it all week. At least that's the conversation I imagine. I wasn't there. Uh, But uh, the neighbor agreed to let us borrow the horse. Now, I say uh, his horse, but he actually had like five or six horses. And I don't know if my dad asked for a stubborn horse on purpose or not. But the horse we got was a stubborn, nasty horse. And uh, the first time my little uh, 10-year-old body got up on that horse, that horse bucked me off. And uh, I was pretty sure right then and there, no longer did I want a horse. Uh, But my dad was persistent, and uh, he said, you've been begging me for a horse every day for a year. You're going to get back up on that horse, and you're going to feed that horse, and you're going to take him for a ride every day. And so... Sure enough, the next day I fed him his uh, oats and hay and whatever and corn. Then I got on him. And this time he didn't buck me off right away. But I had to keep kicking him in the hind, uh, the hind end, every time just to get him to go down the road. And uh, it took me forever to get him to go a half mile. And then I, uh, because that's how long my dad told me to go with him. And then I turned him around. And as soon as he knew he was headed home to where there was more food, he went on an all out sprint. Okay, this is a nasty, stubborn horse. And uh, he's running as fast as he could. But the thing is, we had an old barn, like you would imagine, that has like the bottom half of the door opens and the top half of the door opens. You know what kind of barn door I'm talking about? Well, as you can imagine, the bottom, part is, uh, the bottom part is open and the top part is closed. And that horse just ran right on through the door. Boom! I went down again. Strike two, I wasn't going to try for strike three. I eventually said, Dad, I've had enough. I no longer want a horse. And that experience changed my view of horses. Now, all I have to say is, I believe miracles are like that. It's, an, it's a powerful experience. And it has the ability to change our perspective. It changes our perspective on the world around us. In fact, it it can cause us to change our perspective on God and His involvement in our lives. You see, God doesn't work miracles all the time. They are less common activities because He wants to get our attention in one way or another. And so when he gets our attention, he's trying to teach us things. He's strategic along these lines. There's purposes. In fact, if we turn to the text, I think we can identify five purposes for miracles just right here in, this ver- in these verses. Verse 1, it talks about drifting away. And I think one of the reasons God does miracles in our lives is it keeps people from drifting away from him. we're on the verge of many people kind of walking away from the faith in this day and age? And what if God were to uh, reveal Himself in a miraculous way? Uh, it might keep people from drifting away. Uh, I like to go camping. We go camping uh, every summer. And and, uh, and sometimes, it, and I, we don't have this anymore, but we used to have one of those inflatable boats. And, uh, and I remember being out on the lake, and the lake was like, one of those days where it's like the the water is like glass, you know, so calm. And so I'm out there and it's relaxing and I'm laying in the boat and I doze off. And uh, when I woke up, I was a long ways away from where I started. What happened? I drifted, right? I didn't know I was drifting, but I drifted. And sometimes uh, we drift in our faith, and maybe uh, God, in doing something miraculous, is coming and kind of like shaking our lives and waking us up and to realize we're not where we want to be. And so that's one purpose for miracle. The second is, it's related, but uh, we would say it wakes people up to salvation. So, in other words, people that are not uh, saved, they might become, they might get smacked in the forehead like, a, like having a two by four to the head. It just, they like, wake up. I I need to be saved. I need to have a relationship with God. I see that in verse 3 when it says, if we ignore so great a salvation. Miracles can be that confrontation with who God is in such a way that people realize, I want to have that God in my life. The third thing is also found in the latter part of verse 3, and that is it confirms people's faith. It says our salvation is confer, uh, confirmed to us by those who heard him. And miracles can be like that in our faith. It, it confirm what we already believe about God. We know in our minds that God is God of love and, and power and, and cares about us. And a miracle can, c- it by experience, confirm what we already know. The fourth thing is, I think this is one that I'd like all of us to consider in our own lives. A miracle. One of the purposes of miracles is, is that calls people to the work of God. Think of Moses. Remember, in the wilderness, saw the burning bush that didn't burn up, and it was, it was, uh, and he and he was intrigued by what he saw. It was obviously a miracle. God's presence was in the bush, and from that uh, encounter with God, he was called to go and to lead the slaves out of egypt well when we come face to face with a miracle either done in our lives or or we hear about it in someone's else life see that as an opportunity that god may be calling you into something more into 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 greater service for him and that's a purpose that god can use in miracle he can work a miracle in us because he wants to use us and then lastly and this is surely the most important reason is it testifies to the greatness of God. Miracles, one of the purposes is it shows us how great and powerful God is. I love uh, what Moses says after the Israelites have been led out of Egypt and walked through the Red Sea. Exodus 15, 11 says, "'Who among the gods is like you, Lord? "'Who is like you, majestic in holiness, "'awesome in glory, working wonder, wonders?' You see, miracles help us to see that there is no one like God, that he is so powerful, so awesome. So just in summary, we've answered two questions now. A miracle is a a less common kind of God's powerful activity in in which he arouses people's awe, wonder, and bears witness to himself. That is what a miracle is. What's the purpose? We've said that the purpose of miracles is to keep people from drifting away spiritually spiritually. To wake them uh, people up to salvation, to confirm their faith, to call them into greater ministry, and to testify to God's greatness. And now the last question, and now we're getting into application a bit: Should we experience? Should we expect miracles today? And I'll just say, first of all, as we consider this question, should we expect them today? Uh, God's under no obligation to do miracles. Like, we're not putting Him in a corner as we preach this sermon series, The God of Miracles, and says, God, you better do miracles. We expect them now. God's under no obligation. uh, Any miracle is done simply out of the mercy of God. Should we expect them? Well, we don't come before God not expecting them. but But God is under no obligation to do miracles. But here's what I do know about God. That God still wants to do all the purposes he deci- What we just talked about. God surely wants to save people. God surely wants to call people into greater service. God surely wants to wake us up out of our spiritual slumber. And God surely wants to reveal himself to us. And so uh, should we expect miracles today? In, if we know God, I think we can expect them. God wants to show Himself to us. God wants to do miraculous things. Hebrews 2, in these verses, it talks about how the angels testified in the past to God's salvation and greatness. And and then it talks about how so Jesus did as well. And then His disciples and so on and so forth. And I believe that God is still wanting to reveal Himself just as badly today as he did 2,000 years ago in the time of Jesus. And uh, Jesus did miracles, and I think we should expect God to do miracles today because we still serve the same God. You see, God is just as interested in our lives as he was in the little boy's life who gave his lunch to feed 5,000 people remember when a couple weeks ago we talked about the man who uh uh, the the paralyzed man who was lowered through the roof and uh god uh, forgave his sins and asked him to pick up his mat and walk god is just as interested in your life as he was in that man's life and uh How Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. God cares as much for West Covina Christian Church and this community and these and the surrounding neighborhoods. He cares as just as much for us as he does the Israelites. You see, it's the same God, the God of miracles yesterday, today, and forever. And so for that reason, I think we can expect miracles. One of the amazing things about God, we think about God being full of power and God being full of love and compassion. One other characteristic of God is God is very energetic. God doesn't run out of energy. He didn't all of a sudden have a whole bunch of energy 3,000 years ago and 2,000 years ago and 1,000 years ago and now all of a sudden He's just kind of operating on fumes. I get that way sometimes. I run out of energy. God doesn't. He he wants to work just as actively. He loves you just as much as any person that's ever walked the face of this planet. And that is wonderful news. We ought to expect God to come in power. So do you believe in miracles? That's the question I asked at the beginning of this sermon. Do you believe in miracles? And what would happen to you if you experienced one or if you witnessed one? Well, just to experience one or just to witness one or just to hear about one does not automatically mean that your life will be changed forever. Dustin and I were driving uh, this week in the car, and we were, we were uh, driving uh, east uh, at when the sun was coming down. So it was one of those sunsets that was like right at that, that, that level that was kind of making it hard to see as you looked out the window of the car. And, uh, but Dawson said, what a beautiful sunset. And, uh, and uh, we were fortunately able to then make the next step to say, yeah, what a beautiful sunset and what a beautiful God it was that created that sunset. But oftentimes we don't make that next step, right? We say, what a beautiful sunset, period. Period. And we don't acknowledge the God who created the sunset. It's very easy to do the same thing with miracles. What a powerful story. What a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful miracle that, that uh, happened in that person's life. You see, the question, the, the more important question than, do you believe in miracles is, do you believe in the God of miracles? It's one thing to believe in miracles, and I think there's more people that believe in miracles than that believe in the God of miracles, which doesn't really make any sense, but that's reality because we don't take the next step. You see, my hope and my uh, challenge for all of us is that as we are confronted with miracles, as we wrestle with this idea, as we hear the testimony that Paul and Shizuko will share, that it will lead to the next step that will increase our faith and our trust in God. You see, it brings us to a decision point. It brings us to an act of faith. You can, act, you can decide that miracles are, exist, but what is more important is that we decide that God exists and the God of miracles can be in my life. See, the God of miracles is way too large to take a backseat to anything. He's too big for that. The God of miracles can't be patted on the head like you pat a puppy dog and say, oh, I'm so glad you're in my life. No, God's way too big for that, that we say, oh, I'm just glad you're in my life, and we treat him kindly, but he has no uh, actual importance in our lives. And the God of miracles can't be ignored. He's way too big and valuable to just simply sleepwalk through life, which is, by the way, what I think most people are doing spiritually. You see, I keep asking the question, do you believe in miracles? Because really what I want to know is, do you believe in the God of miracles? We all know the story of Pinocchio, right? A uh, uh, Walt Disney movie with, uh, I'm sure it was a book first, but uh, I, we, we know either the book or the movie of Pinocchio. And uh, his maker loved him so much, but uh, Pinocchio uh, couldn't be a real boy, Right? Because his maker, as much as he loved him, he didn't have the power to make this little wooden puppet come alive. Now, this little wooden puppet uh, wanted to be a real boy. And yet, for him to be a real boy, he had to make good decisions. He couldn't uh, tell lies or his nose would grow. But at uh, at the end of the story, eventually, he chose good over evil and he became a real boy. Well, the, the Christian story is much better than the Disney story, because even though I think many of us are like Pinocchio, we're kind of going through wooden lives where we're partially alive, and we want to be fully alive, the Christian story teaches us that we can't earn our way to real life. Pinocchio had to make good choices But Pinocchio's uh, master had no power to make him alive. Our Creator has the power to bring us new life, but it's not anything that we can earn. It doesn't matter how many lies we've told. I mean, it does matter, but that's not going to earn our way to salvation because God is way too powerful. Way too righteous, way too holy for that. The only way that we receive a real life in Jesus is by receiving it by faith. And that itself is a miracle. You see, the reason we can become alive is because God came to this earth in the person of Jesus, and that is a miracle in itself. And Jesus lived this whole life uh, without ever sinning one time. And that is a miracle in itself. And Jesus died on the cross not for His own sins, but so that our sins could be placed on Him. And that is a miracle. And Jesus, after three days, rose from the dead. And that is a miracle. You see, we serve a God of miracles who can give us new life, not because we earn it, but because we receive it as a gift. And this is what I am inviting all of us together as we go through this sermon series on the God of Miracles, is could we receive the God of Miracles into our lives? It's not just to believe in miracles, it's to believe in the God of Miracles. And that is the most important decision that we could ever make. So now today is Communion Sunday. And as we uh, do on the first Sunday of every month, we uh, pause to remember the sacrifice that Jesus has made on our behalf. If you are at home watching online, I invite you to get your communion elements. If you are here, uh, I hope that you have a little cracker and a juice. If you don't, uh, raise your hand, and uh, I'm going to ask the ushers now to come, and it looks like we just need maybe three, three or four, and, uh, and make sure that everyone has communion elements that would like to uh, partake of uh, communion together. I like to get fired up when I preach because we serve an awesome God, right? And uh, I try to bring the energy that God would want us to have when we're talking about Him. Um, uh, But really, no matter uh, how we feel on all of this, there is a truth that remains no matter if we're excited about it or not, and that is that God loves us and he has given his life for us. And so, so if you are here this morning and maybe you feel like I'm just on the fence, I'm not all excited about it or whatever, or maybe you are, but no matter where you rest emotionally, I just want you to have an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your life. You see, the Bible warns us and says, uh, to not take these communion elements uh, just willy-nilly, flippantly. Uh, now, these are crackers and juice. We don't pretend like they're anything else, but they are important in what they represent. That this represents Jesus' body that was broken, and this represents his blood that was shed. And if you are here this morning and you have not believed upon the Lord Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I would invite you just to let uh, this communion time pass, to spend time thinking about your own life, even praying to to God. But if you are here and you haven't made that decision, I'm going to invite you to partake of the communion elements together with us as an act of faith that you are asking Jesus to come into your life. And so let's go before the Lord now in prayer, and then we will um, partake of this together. Father God, we thank you for today. As we talk about the God of miracles, we thank you that you are who you are, that you are a God who loves us and cares about us, that you are a God who wants to be involved in our lives. God, as we stand with with, uh, or sit with these communion elements in our fingers, uh, God, we're mindful of how easily we forget about uh, what you have done for us. We thank you for these few quiet moments that we can just quiet our hearts and thank you and praise you for who you are. God, I pray that you would come now and meet with us God, there's gonna be a lot of people at Dodger Stadium today who are really cheering hard for the Dodgers. We pray that we would just take a few minutes and just really cheer hard for you. And thank you for all that you have done for us. You're way more exciting than a home run or or a double play. God, you're the God of the universe and we're thankful that you're in our life. We're thankful that we can have a relationship with you because Jesus died on the cross for us. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As Rod plays, let's just take a few minutes in in the quietness of our hearts to confess our sins and to thank God for him being in our lives. And now with the cracker, God's word says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink. God's word goes on to say for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. As uh, we prepare for our final closing song today I'll invite our prayer counselors for today to also come and to stand at the front of the service at the front of the uh, sanctuary. If you are here this morning and the Lord is laying on your heart for you to just come and to receive prayer, I'm going to invite you to do that during the last song. The, these prayer counselors will stay in the sanctuary for the first 10 minutes after the service as well. And if you want to pray with someone, I really believe as a church, Uh, When we gather together, it is wonderful that we have people that we can come and to receive prayer because there are things that are on our hearts. And I invite you to take advantage of the opportunity that uh, these four individuals are here and would love to pray with you. Let's go before the Lord in prayer now. Father God, again, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that we have fellowship with you and with one another and we pray that as we sing this final song or as we come forward to receive prayer that you would minister to us right where we are at and uh, may it be because we understand that you are powerful and you are loving ultimately you are the god of miracles and we pray that you would continue to pour out your spirit in powerful ways in our lives in jesus name amen